Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along to another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Got a couple of great guests for you this week. We've talked to Nick Clark of the Experience Travel Group. You'll have noticed if you've been listening to the last few editions of the Experience Travel Group, have lent us their support as we've gone through the month of January. So we get Nick Clark on from the Experience Travel Group to talk about Sri Lanka, watching cricket in Sri Lanka, England playing there in March, how you can get there and what the Experience Travel Group can add to your package to make your enjoyment of that fantastic country even more special and our main guest on the podcast this week is North Hans player former Yorkshire player Ben Sanderson who's having a fantastic time down there for North Hans taking wickets galore in all formats talk to Sando about various things in his life he takes on the cricket badger 20 questions this week general chat kind of reminiscing a little bit at the start and then we talk about North Hans's success in the T20 Blast, bowling Adam Live when Live made that monstrous 161 at Headingley in a T20 game where Sando and his various North Hans teammates were cannon fodder. What's it like to be in that kind of arena with the glare of the TV cameras on you when you're going all over the park? The future of smaller counties like North Hans with the 100 coming, playing with his hero, Darren Goff at Yorkshire. How he'd love to play a test match for England and his hopes for the North Hants in Division 1 of the Championship in 2020. There's plenty more besides. And when I started talking to Sando this week, we both had our TVs on. And at the time of recording, we were watching the fourth Test match in South Africa in Johannesburg. And we started off by talking about Zach Crawley. Bit of a sprawly chat. And then we get into the Cricket Badger 20 questions. So thanks for listening, everybody, this week. Stay tuned. A really good podcast. Because we've got North Hants Pace Bowler. Ben Sanderson. It's that Badger style. Cricket Badger Fact File. 
Ben William Sanderson, current Northamptonshire and former Yorkshire, England under 19 and Shropshire pace bowler, 233 first class wickets at an average of 20.06, best first class bowling 8 for 73, a T20 blast winner with North fans. Welcome to the podcast Sando. Let's have a badger chat. seen all of the test matches this winter and what I like about him since he's come in is he didn't look too great in his first innings in New Zealand he looked like a bit like a rabbit in the headlights he's obviously mm. nervous and then every single time he's come in since he looks like he's learnt a little bit he's thought about it he's gone away he's worked a bit and he's come back a little bit better yeah I think that's the main thing it's just relaxing isn't it when you play that sort of next level up even from sort of second team to first team and county cricket that's, yeah. that seems to be the thing you need to pass on to the youngsters really they're all good enough to be there it's just how you react when you've got the cameras on you and stuff. Picking over yeah, your technique, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. probably the hardest thing about growing up into that level. I suppose both Gary Balance and Keaton Jennings about that to, to various... Um, Keaton Jennings get quite some length and they both said it's absolutely horrendous. I always so, think if I got to that level, I'd kind of shut it out if I could, but I suppose it's... Yeah, I don't know how easy that is to do because mm. you're just human beings at the end of the day, aren't you? I think people forget yeah. that at times with cricketers and stuff, but especially the ones on the telly that are kind of in that kind of England bubble and stuff. They've still, still got um, blood running through the veins like everybody else, haven't they? Yeah. Have you not been away? Uh, no, I'm going away with the Academy on the 13th of Feb. I'm doing a 10 days with them in the Cayman Islands. A bit of coaching, oh, a bit of bowling for myself and what have you. So. And then What's the Cayman Islands like? Is that nice? I've not been. I've it sounds nice, doesn't it? But I don't, it might, might be an absolute dump, but I, always, I imagine the Cayman Islands would be quite, quite nice. Yeah, I think some people have said it's a bit, probably a bit more modern than your Barbados and what have you, a bit more sort of Americanised. Yeah. In some of the some of the reviews I've read online and stuff, but they'll still have nice beaches and I'm not sure what the cricket's like, but I think that's why they sent the academy first. So it might be an option for us sort of later on in a couple of years down the line or something. I was going through some of my old photos the other day to try and clean the laptop up a bit and the, uh, a load of old Barbados pictures came up you were, you were on some of them which was sort of reminded me to actually message you I think there's the whether the Yorkies are sort of swimming in the sea and on, on the jet skis and stuff yeah I remember one was me and Tom Summers I think it was you put that, you put that on the thing in yeah. a kayak or something like that I think they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah you yeah. managed to get yeah. one of the photos they were actually in the boat not falling out <laughs> <laughs> some good good trips out there I've been, I've been back to Barbados a few times after that but I've had to pay for myself since the dog wasn't working for Yorkshire so it's uh, not been North Ham's go every, well they did go every year so I don't think it was last year's the first time they've not been since I've been there it's a yeah. very good trip for the lads we've yeah. been bonding out there yeah, I love Barbados. It's a great place, isn't it? It's that Badger style. So I was just looking at your Crick Info page, and obviously I've got a bit of a vested interest in you, because I've known you since you were quite young and at Yorkshire when I was working there, but looking at your Crick Info page, first-class cricket, 233 wickets, at an average of 20.06, best bowling of 10 for 55 in a match. Those stats stand up with anybody, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it, though few years at Northampton. It's just all clicked together really in the last few years, so it's been good. It's been enjoyable. I knew you when you were coming through as a, a kid at Yorkshire and then obviously didn't quite work out with the Yorkies and you, you left the club. Was that when, when you left Yorkshire and you, you, you had that chat and you were surplus to requirements, was that a dagger to the heart? Did you think that was it all finished? Uh, at that time, probably not. No, I went away straight away. I trialled went and had a couple of games with Durham second team and stuff like that so it was just almost finding my 
feet again and whether I actually wanted to play and stuff like that, really. Am yeah. I speaking to your your mate Oliver Hammond Dolby, who you, you came up through the, the ranks with? He, yeah. he, when he was told that he, he wasn't needed at Yorkshire anymore, he found it quite hard to deal with. It, that wasn't the case for you. You just basically just kind of bounced back and got on with it. Uh, yeah, I think, to be fair, it was kind of a bit of a weird one at, at the time because they were still waiting on some other people at Yorkshire. So there was still sort of a slight chance that they would offer me another contract. So it was kind of, it weren't a straight cut-off to what I remember. So it was, it did give me time. And Martin phoned me up and said Durham are interested. So knowing that someone else were interested in looking at me gave me a little bit of a pick-up as well. So then it was, like I said, just a case of me trying to find my feet somewhere else. Where it would suit me? I mentioned um, to somebody the other day that I was going to get you on the podcast. And he said that he, he remembered watching you at Shropshire. He was a Yorkshire fan. remembered watching you a little bit playing for Shropshire. And then said, you know, he was really pleased that it's worked out for you that you're at Northampton now and taking wickets because... Yeah, I think I think a lot of people have got good memories of you playing for Yorkshire in the uh, the Pro 40, whatever it was that year, as Yorkshire yeah. got to the semi-final. Yeah. But so it was a little bit of a circuitous route back to back into sort of first-class cricket with Northampton, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's the big key. Like Kev Sharp were a big key who got me to got me down to Yorkshire. Um, and I think he was in the same boat. He left the same year. He was kind of not really enjoying it there, and there was quite a lot of stress on around the place because we weren't doing so well as a county then I don't think I think we got relegated that year they had a big clear out didn't they? but he was the main reason he phoned me about a year later and got me down to structure and just the feel about even kept been a lot happier and like in between games we'd go for beers and like on nights out and stuff so it was just a better feel and enjoying the cricket again like for both of us really and that was probably a big factor into me starting to do well again just enjoying it and actually wanting to go there and bowl Overs for him put me in good state with county cricket for North Anthem because I bowled so many overs for Shropshire and enjoyed doing it. That's it's not a coincidence, is it, that when if you if you're playing with a smile on your face, you tend to be playing quite well. Yeah, yeah, that's a big factor for me. I think. Yeah. Let's go right back to the start. It's not a cricketer. What do you reckon you've been doing with your life now? I'd have been on the building site somewhere. I did a um, plumbing course. I did a plumbing course at college when I first left school. So that I had one eye on that as I was going through the ranks at Yorkshire. So that would have probably in the route I would have gone down job-wise. I think I turned down a couple of apprenticeships for the council in Sheffield at the time, just because obviously you can't get the time off to play cricket for that. So I think that would have been, been the route I would have taken, I think. The academy at Yorkshire is quite good at trying to build you as an all-round person, isn't it, as, as well as just a cricketer. Did they did they have that in mind for you as well? Did they, did they talk to you quite a lot about what you might fall back on if it didn't quite work out for you? Um, I think it's more of a PCA thing, that. So every, every county's got their... Um, personal development manager I think they call them these days I think PDM so I think it's uh, Mark Wood now is it oh, Matthew Mark Wood Matthew Wood Matthew yeah Woody yeah Matthew yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah I think he does it for the north region now so I think they're going to the counties and make sure that the lads have got one eye on after cricket or if it don't work out at cricket so I think that's a really good initiative problem Matthew Wood was a very good opener for Yorkshire but he couldn't bowl quite as fast as Mark Wood can um, no, actually, even if even he would admit that. Who's been the biggest influence on your career, would you say? It's probably varied. So, like, Steve Oldham was a huge influence when I was growing up at Yorkshire in the academy. And, like, he was my main coach, so he got he gave me the sort of basics in cricket skills. And even now I still speak to him every now and again when I see him at my local cricket club. But, like, Kev Sharp's had a massive influence since I left Yorkshire and while I was at Yorkshire a bit, getting me back into the game and putting my name out there again. Like, those two really, in terms of coaches, have probably been the two biggest influences. Yeah, but both him and Esso, they're old school, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, old school. Yeah, they're one of Steve Ogham's big things, I think, when I was growing up with him. Like, if I asked a question that was a little bit too 
stupid when I shouldn't be asking it, like, in terms of, should I be doing this with my front arm or a different arm or a leg? He'd be like, just run in and bowl. Don't think about that. Just run in and bowl. You're at yeah. the top of off. Like, you'll be, you're not far away with your action, so... Well, that's apparently yeah. what Dizzy said to... When Liam Plunkett came back to Yorkshire, or came to Yorkshire, and he was he was struggling at Durham, he was in the seconds at Durham and on his way out at one stage, and, and Dizzy brought him down to Headingley and basically just said to him, don't even think about it, just run in, bowl as fast as you can, the rest of it will come together. Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? And that yeah. overcomplicating things, a lot of people do that, don't they? Yeah, I enjoy them both, still get on well with them both. I see Kev when we play against Worcester all the time. I always have a cup of coffee and sit with him for an hour and just chew the fat. So, yeah, both good blokes. He's quite good at um, speaking, is Kevin. He never, you can't shut him up after a while. <laughs> yeah, once he gets going, that's it, he's off. <laughs> What's been your best moment in cricket? If you could go back to a day, Ben Sanderson, in your career and you could relive it again, which one would you want to have, a, have another crack at? Oh, it was definitely the um, finals there at Edgebaston when Northampton won it in 2016. Because it came sort of out of the blue with Richard Gleeson getting injured and I'd only played one game before that in the last, I think. So it was definitely that day. And coming in and doing well, which helps, obviously. So, But the atmosphere and, and just being the underdogs as well with some of the names on show that day was just quite awesome, really. That's one of the things with that finals day, isn't it? They, I mean, Kev, we mentioned Kevin Sharp, but his Worcestershire went down there um, yeah. A couple of summers ago, and won it, didn't they? And then got to the final again this time around. It, there isn't really a form book, is there? Going into that final day, anybody can win it. Any of the four, if you can get there, you got a chance. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's just on the day, isn't it? Twenty twenty is such a, a game that can just switch like that, and in a second, and it like turn on its head and what have you. So it's such a fast and furious game that anything can happen, really. But I think Worcester have been the probably standout form team in the last two years. Haven't they won it and got to the final, so they're they're doing something right, but. People watch them, what they're doing, and then they try to emulate that. So it, it can turn on its head if you're not, if you're not fresh ideas all the time. Do you find that when you get to pre-season? I mean, you're obviously you're obviously starting to think about next season now, aren't you? You're back in training, and yeah. we were just talking about you know pre-season trips and stuff like that. Do you, do you sit down as a as a group at Northampton or when you're at Yorkshire or wherever you yeah you know, that you start to develop new ideas for T20 because as you say, it changes every year, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think we're. Like with Northampton, we had such a good period. I think we won it, didn't do anything. Then I think we got to the final and then won it again or something like that. So we had four good years at T20 cricket and we had big hitters. So we had the big lads, Rory, Richard Levy, people like that. Like we just developed boundary hitting, I think, was the, was the thing that was winning it as then. And obviously now we're trying to do the same, but other people have caught up in that sort of area. So it's, it's trying to now think of something different or to make us better just to give us that edge over some other teams. It, it probably goes round and roundabouts as well. It'll probably come back to the big hitters again in a couple of years or something like that. Or the quick bowlers winning the games, not the sort of medium paces, off-cutters in the middle taking wickets. Is that, is that just wishful thinking on your part that the pacemen are going to come back into it? <laughs> I, I see myself more as a medium pacer taking the pace off it. You're basically kind of cannon fodder, aren't you, on some tracks? It's, I mean, I've, I've been around watching a few of the T20s over the last few years, and Trent Bridge and Headingley have been like roads, and you're watching like Hales and some of the Adam Lives doing these fantastic innings at Headingley. Yeah, yeah. And you, you've got no chance, have you? The boundaries are just getting smaller as well, isn't it? They just bring them in. Like the corners are just getting brought in, so it's a half a hit for six now on most grounds. At Northampton, there are a lot of flat pitches in the T20 wickets than they are in four-day cricket and stuff like that. Just because of the amount of rolling, they give them, they want them flat, so they're rapid sometimes so you can't you just can't defend it, it so when you get into when you get back into the nets and you're coming into the season are you conscious of that and you're thinking about 
different ways you can maybe add an extra delivery to your armory to, to make batsmen guess a little bit more? My main focus now is probably white ball cricket more than red ball cricket because I'm doing so well in red ball cricket that is it's coming naturally to me and that keeps things pretty simple as long as my actions are right then I'll continue to hit the right areas in red ball cricket so my focus this time here is working on the flow ball up the walls Yorker to try and make myself better and more selectable really for the captain to just come to me and say right you're my Yorker baller and he's like can rely on me to do that so that will be my main focus like sort of over the next two months and is that bowling at the deck, you mean? Yes, yes. So it'd be like, mainly, yeah, I would go Yorkers is my sort of job role, in, or it has been in the last season or so. So that would be what I will practice the most, just so I'm nailing those Yorkers when it comes to the time. But you've still got to add your slow balls in there. Your economy <laughs> rate might might suffer a little bit, because obviously you're bowling when the batsman is just absolutely trying to smack you all over the place. But you've got a chance of taking a few more wickets at the end as well, haven't you? Uh, yes, I, well, like I say, I'm... I'm Last year I bowled the last two from one end, so I was purely just trying to keep them down to the lowest score possible. So like, obviously if you take a wicket, it's easier to bowl at somebody just coming in than someone that's been on, in, on 100 already, which is quite often these days, really. Isn't it? They get to 100 with four overs left. My route is to stop them scoring risk. Basically, I wouldn't really think about taking wickets too much and taking risks to try and take wickets. So it's like I say, it's a funny game, really. I could miss a Yorker by six inch and it could get me a wicket but yeah. it could disappear as well. So it's, 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 it's the toughest format, I would say, as a bowler. Your highest score in T20 cricket, Sandu, is 12 not out, so you're not known for your T20 hitting. But do you work on your batting as much as, as anybody else, or is that just something that you just keep up your sleeve for when it's needed? I, I work probably more in the summer than I do in the, in the actual winter. That's just due to time and uh, personnel, I suppose, at, at Northampton, we haven't got seven, eight coaches around all the time. We've only got three, so one's Liddell now as a bowling coach, and John Sadler's come as a batting coach. So we've only really got three, and then it's just finding the time and the space to to get a hit when I can. But we do, I do work quite hard at it. It's just not something that's I'm naturally good at at the minute. Discover Sri Lanka at your own pace. Take tea in style and be bowled over by its beauty with the Experts Experience Travel Group. March is an ideal time to visit Sri Lanka from a weather perspective, so why not make Sri Lanka your winter holiday destination and enjoy five days of cricket in one of the world's most picturesque venues, Experience Travel Group's Curious Travellers Cricket Tour. There are no boundaries, but plenty of extras. Call 0207 924 7133 or visit experiencetravelgroup.com. Right, we've done the best moments in cricket. If I take you back to a day that was your worst moment in cricket, what would you look back at and think, you know, I definitely want to live that. I wouldn't want to live that one again. That was it. That was a terrible day. It's <laughs> got me the one up at Heading League against Lydie. Oh, that was torture. <laughs> yeah, that it was, was quite uh, good that day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very good. But they all were, really. I started off quite well in terms of, like, bold, I think I bowled three dot balls or two dot balls and a one or something like that. And then... He just let loose, didn't he, Lydie, and just kept hitting it to every part of the boundary. Funnily enough, I actually got over it within my last over, to be honest. Like after the first ball in my last over, I think I nailed a wide looker. I like, couldn't have put it any more perfect, and he just squirted it past the short third man or third man for four, which I was like, well, I don't know what to do now. Like, <laughs> nailing balls, and it's still going for four. And then I'm, I, I think I went to Azarul at mid-off and told him, uh, 
I might just see how far he can hit this because I don't think we're going to knock 220 off at that stage <laughs> and they end up getting 250. It was one of those days, I mean, I've talked to him about it and he just said that everything he did just came off the middle of the bat. Everything that he tried to do worked. And, and mm. you know, like you say, even when it even when it maybe wasn't the best shot in the world, it came off the outside edge and raced away to third month four and he just kept careering onwards. It was a special innings, that was. Special innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's up there. Like, like I say, I was kind of over it on the pitch. I knew I'd, well, they weren't, well, I could have done better, obviously, but in terms of, like, my mental side of it, I put a line under it already and, like, I'd, like forget about that next time. I've got a game next, like, next week or something, so I'll think about that rather than actually think about anything that's just gone on. So that's the way I dealt with it, but you still get reminded every now and again. You've known Lively since for a long, long time. He's been around at Yorkshire, you were around at Yorkshire when you were younger. Does part of you think, oh, this is horrible, we're going through loads of runs, but the other part of you think, actually, it's quite special to, to watch this up close? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the worst thing, because I've bowled against Lively since he was probably 14, 13. You kind of get to know what he's like, and he's one of those players that was quite special at that time. You're like going into bowling thinking, right, I'm not really sure how I'm just going to get him off strike or how I'm going to get him out. So he's one of those players that are quite special. So it is, it's a good way of testing yourself against those sort of players, which is, I quite enjoy the, the challenge of it, to be fair, even if I don't come off the best every time. When you were a little boy, Sondo, and you were dreaming of being a cricketer, who was your cricket hero? Who inspired you? Who was the poster on the wall that made you think, yeah, I want to be him? It was Goffey at the time, I think, when I was younger. Just watching him all in the ashes and stuff like that with a sort of passion and steaming in, trying to bowl fast and getting their faces and whatever. I think that's the thing I remember most, really. And I was lucky enough to play a season when he was captain with Yorkshire and made my debut under him, so quite lucky in terms of playing with my hero. He came back, didn't he, and sort of stuck his bag down and said, Goffey's back. Was that, was that yeah. quite special for you to kind of see that the you know because you know obviously as somebody that's admired him from a distance to actually share the same changing room as him for a bit yeah oh that was awesome it was awesome he's, he was a top bloke as well he weren't he weren't big time in any way or anything like that he had always had time for you and I remember him kind of playing a second team game just to get some overs in at Grace Road I think it was and we won in two days and the lads loved it just because he was there just stood at mid-off and like learnt so much with him just stood at mid-off and I think him actually watching the young lads coming through and stuff helped him give myself um, OHD and Jimmy Lee there sort of chances in the first at, at that, that year I think he was he was certainly brilliant to um, work with for that year if you could try right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in somebody else's skin if you could trade lives with any cricketer in the world at the moment that's playing it right now and you could live in their skin for a day and experience what it was like to, to play like them be like them have their lives for 24 hours who would you choose for Probably in a cricket terms, I'd probably go for um, a Mitchell Stark just to scare people just for that over or just for a day in test match cricket, just to see people jumping around. would be uh, <laughs> quite interesting. But if I was doing it off the pitch, probably go for Chris Gale. <laughs> go to some of the parties he goes to. <laughs> Looks like he enjoys himself off it. So. <laughs> Your highest scoring T20s might be more than 12 not out if you were Chris Gale as well. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> You could hit a few sixes and then go partying. Yeah. And beat my high score in two shots and then walk off. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you in charge. Ben Summerson, you've got a big desk at cricket headquarters. You're in charge of world cricket for a day. You can change anything you like. What would be the first thing you'd change to make cricket a better sport? I would probably... I, would, I think it'd be the schedule of it, really. I think there is too much cricket probably than played at a minute. 
Certainly in terms of, I think there's quite a lot of test matches seem to be crammed in. Even this winter, I think, what is it, three series this winter that yeah. we're playing in, which is a lot of cricket for the lads. Especially, and then they expect the, the boys to come back and try and play county cricket. So I think if we could look at cutting that amount of cricket down and maybe shortening the amount of cricket in England in their summer, really, just to give the lads a bit of a rest and then get the best players playing against the best players in county cricket as well, I think that would be a big step forward and get our probably get the standard of county cricket up as well. So that would be one I, thing I would look at. Yeah, I often think back to a two weeks I had. I can't remember if you were playing then or if you'd gone by then, but the Yorkshire had, a, I think, 17 days on the road. We went to Liverpool, then to Worcester, then to Taunton, and then to Sussex, and then straight back. And the lads had one day driving home, and then it was straight back into T20 practice and back into the T20 for the, yeah, the T20 season. And I, I wrote a piece at the time that, yeah. Everybody's human. How can you expect to play? Because as, as cricketers, you get up at, I don't know, 7 o'clock, you have your breakfast, you're at the ground by half 8, 9 o'clock, you do your warm-ups, you play all day, you finish 6, 7, you do your interviews if you've done well, you go back to the hotel, it's almost absolute to eat, socialise for half an hour, go to bed and do it all again the next day, isn't it? And if you're doing that constantly, how can you be at your 100% best? And, and supporters want to see the best players, don't they? They want to see the best yeah. players excited about playing. And every, everybody's human. And we all have different jobs. And, you know, people listening to this that work in an office, there'll be times where they skip into it thinking, oh, this is great. And another day, they'll be thinking, oh, we should stay in bed. Yeah. And cricketers are exactly the same, aren't they? Yeah, that's it, yeah. But it would just improve the standard, I would think, slightly. But certainly the, the pace bowlers-wise, so people like Joff. And stuff like that. he's copping a lot of stick at the minute, even when he is playing, because of the pace of his bowling. He bowls once at 90 miles an hour, and then he comes on and bowls at, what, 80, 82, 85 sort of area. But that's what you have to do in county cricket to keep going. You can't yeah. run in and bowl. Like, I could I could run in and bowl a few miles an hour quicker, but I'd probably break. Like, if I want to play every game of the season, then I've got to sort of bowl a little bit within myself just so I don't snap. So I can keep going back and bowl and bowl and bowl. So it is that just just a bit of a break would be would be key certainly to some of the counties as well that haven't got the big staff to uh, rotate the bowlers and then you that has a knock-on effect on batters facing quick bowlers constantly rather than little we call them dibbly doublers don't they yeah. eight to nine hour seamers that nip it round corners I think were were Gurney's words on Twitter last night I think yeah <laughs> Mark Wood's a good example of that isn't he He's somebody that seems to be like a 100% cricketer. He gives it everything he's got, tries to bowl as fast as he can every single ball. But he breaks all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. I think that's him as well. Him as a person, he, he always gives 100%, doesn't he? So I think that's, that's his character. and He wants to play test match cricket and probably does, but they've got to manage him right, haven't they? So I think it's the same with Joffre, really. You've got to manage him right and you'll get the best out of him and get him used to bowling those spells at 90 mile an hour more often than just having to come on in this two and hit an area and eventually the bat will get bored and nick off. I love watching him hitting people on the head because that's what everybody likes, isn't it? Watching the fastball, yeah. the racing in and, and scaring the batsman. But, yeah, you look at his test record, kept taking, was it three or four fives? He's got a really good average. There's very few England bowlers that have come onto the scene and got the stats that he's got up his sleeve and yet he's still getting criticised for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that just, I think that comes with, like we spoke about earlier, the test cricket sort of, that next level up, you're always getting criticised by someone. There'll always be someone out there that, and it's you're so easily accessible now with all this social media stuff that it all gets out there quite quickly. It only takes a couple of retweets by the right people, and you see it, and then everybody jumps on it. So it's, it's part of the 
part of what cricket is now. I think when you go up to that top level, it's something that players need to learn. And there's probably not many people out there that can give advice on it as well because it is relatively new, isn't it? Really, there's only a handful of players like Peterson and stuff like that who probably chopped all that sort of back then. But that was more media pressure then than actual social media. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They say that all rock stars want to be sportsmen and vice versa. Sportsmen want to be rock stars. If you could have been famous away from sport or away from cricket, certainly, what other field would you want it to be? League guitarist, the footballer, what would you want it to have done? I've probably gone football. I've played football anyway, but I'm not sure I'd have really enjoyed being, being a superstar, really. I quite like my <laughs> little house in Leicester and <laughs> just keep myself to myself. I quite, like, I quite enjoy that, to be honest. I'm not looking at my phone and somebody's commenting on what I've done every day and what I've had for my breakfast and what have you. I quite like it. I don't get judged for having a beer down the local park, down the local pub. I think that's more than more me than actually being a superstar. So, so if the England call came tomorrow and said, can you come out to uh, South Africa? We want you out in the one-day internationals. You'd say, actually, no, I'm, I'm off down the pub, thanks. <laughs> I'd probably go down the pub after saying yes. But... <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like I say, I'd be out there. I'd be out there giving it my best. <laughs> if you could meet anybody, living or dead, some hero of yours or somebody from history, whoever, who would you like to meet? You tend to meet everybody in cricket that you'd like to meet, stuff like that. There's nobody from outside cricket that you, you quite fancy having a chat to? Not really. Cricket's been sort of there. It'd probably be sort of Aussie, somebody like Ricky Ponting, just to pick his mind and like I, I have. I've not met Ricky Ponting, but like bowled a little bit at him during nets. But it would be someone like that in terms of just pick his mind, really. Like they're the best people like that I've met. So like we're lucky enough to meet um, Learman quite a bit and have a chat with him and stuff like that. So and I just love that, just sitting down having a beer with those sort of people and just pick their brains about cricket. And hopefully I can one thing they'll say might get me better as a cricketer, might help me along. So it would be somebody like Ricky Ponting or that sort of superhero of Australian cricket, anyone from that yeah. sort of team. When I interview people, there's certain answers that some people give me. There's an answer Ian Dews gave me from years ago that I always remember. There's certain things that kind of just stick in your mind. You think, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. And you get that when you're talking to people just generally, don't you? And if, I can imagine sitting mm. down with a cricketer and just having a chat and a lot of it will just wash over. You forget it all of, all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, I don't know, Diddy Gillespie or... Um, Ricky Ponting might say something that you actually think, yeah, that actually, that actually means something. It stays with you. Yeah, yeah, that's the best sort of stuff. I, I found that it's old school way of doing it, and I think North Northants still do it a little bit. We invite the opposition team to the pub on the corner on the third night of the game, I think it is, and then we'll just go and have one drink in there and like socialise with the other team and the coaches and what have you. So you actually get to you get to know people and pick their brains a little bit of other coaches and stuff in a friendlier environment other than like at each other's throats the next day. But so it's, it's, you get a wealth of information just by doing that for an hour. So it's like just sitting with someone like those boys, Ricky Ponting and those, it would be gold dust for me, right? Just picking their brains. That's how <laughs> it should be as well, isn't it? Two team two teams having a chat as well and it being good off the pitch. Yeah, that's it's brilliant to be fair. Like this, some counties don't turn up because their coaches don't let them and what have you and they're a bit more like no, they're going in the recovery pool and stuff like that rather than coming and having one drink but the teams that have we've always enjoyed it and like the next morning it's normality resumed and you're bouncing the bloke that you just bought a beer so it's a strange world really they're going to make a movie Steven Spielberg's been on the phone it's going to be Sando the movie it's coming out next summer who's going to play you 
oh, it'd have to be Sylvester's still home, wouldn't it, look-alike? He'd have to come and bomb a few little diddlers. <laughs> Everybody always goes for a Hollywood superstar, and you're thinking all of these Americans, none of them have played cricket. <laughs> none of them, yeah. What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? Are you somebody that actually dwells on stuff and actually gets a little bit nervous about playing cricket, or do you just take it in your stride? Um, I'm all right when I'm, on, when I'm on the pitch. I remember the first time I re- really felt nervous probably was the Pro 40 semi-final at um, Scarborough that we lost to Warwickshire and we were bowling second and I was sat next to Ian Juice as it happens actually and I actually said I'm shitting myself here like waiting to bowl just waiting to go out on the field and that's probably the first time I've really felt sort of sick but as soon as I crossed that line and I got the ball in my hand I was, it's as if somebody had just like would give me a beer and all of a sudden I were calm like, yeah. and that was it. I knew what I had to do because I got the ball in hand I'd done it over and over again in the nets and other games so it's kind of, kind of, it's weird how, how calm most people will get, I think. Certainly as bowlers, I think most people I, will, as soon as they get the ball in their hand, they're, they're quite calm and comfortable. Yeah, I can't get my head around that. Cause I asked Tim Bresnan that question almost quite a long time ago now. But I said, when he, when he was bowling his first ball in Test cricket, I said, Bresi, what was that like? Was it like out-of-body experience? Were you feeling really nervous? You know, you dreamt about playing for your country. And he said, well, but I bowled thousands of balls in the next. He said, I just ran in and bowled it. I thought, that can't be that simple, can it? Yeah, I'd been agreed with it because I think even in that 2020 final day when we were sat in the team meeting and we'd not been told the actual team yet and they told me I was playing and I think I sat in the meeting. They told me before I walked in that I was going to be playing and I think I was sat in the meeting. I can't remember anything that went on in the meeting because I was just sat there thinking, oh my God, like, this is pretty big deal now. This is kind of the biggest game I've played in since that Pro 40 game kind of thing and I cannot remember any of the stats that we went through on opposition players and what our plans were and warm-up times and stuff like that. I ended up having to ask someone the next day, what, what time are we warming up again? <laughs> I went there, honestly, just total blank, everything. I was just like sort of nearly my legs, like very nervous. But like I say, next morning, woke up and was got the ball in my hand that first over that we bowled and just hit a length. I think second ball, I got a wicket, which calmed me down even more. So. Ian Jews is quite an unflappable kind of character. When you turned to him and said, Jewsy, I'm absolutely crapping myself here, did what was his advice to you? Was it just, oh, you'll be right? Yeah, I think he was like, went, oh, I bet you'll be fine. Oh, no, I, actually, I think he said something, that's good, that's good that you're nervous because you can take that into a game with you or something like that. Yeah. I think he said, yeah. use it, use it as a positive rather than a, than a negative. And I think that was the words to me. And just tapped me on the leg. And then we went out and he hit me some catches, I think. It seems like a long time ago, that now. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. What is the top item on your bucket list? Things to do before you die. What's the what's right at the top of the tree? Oh, I'm probably a, a bit of a thrill seeker, to be honest. So it would be it would be like sort of jump out of an aeroplane and stuff like that. I think it's the sort of things I would love to do, but I don't see myself actually doing. On my bucket list would actually, I'd love to play a test match for England. That would be like right up there. Obviously, got to work a lot, got to work hard at that and what have you. So that would be amazing. That's short term goal. Sort of right at the top of the list, I think. Your, your performances for Northampton, I mean, you've been taking regular wickets. I know everybody will say, well, it's second division cricket, so you know, a, lot, a lot of the wickets have been taken in the second division. But do, do, you, um, do you ever feel that you've got very close to playing for England or you know, have ever been thought of? Um, I don't know, really. We don't seem to have much contact at all, really, at Northampton in terms of with England. We don't rarely see scouts there watching or any of the selectors down there watching. Kind of, we always kind of see the Surrey lads doing quite well and getting pushed a lot like, but then they've got Alex Stewart on the debate all the time pushing his lads getting them up there so it's, we don't kind of get that sort of feel that Rips can't get us in kind of thing he's not really pushing us 24-7 on social media and 
that sort of platform kind of thing. If we go back to one of the previous questions about if you could change anything about world cricket, you'd have um, maybe Ripley on the debate. Yeah, get him up there. Get him on the debate. Get him on the selectors. He'd probably say no anyway. He'd probably say no. We've got a game against <laughs> Somerset this week, so he, uh, <laughs> he's staying with us. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Badger. Sorry to interrupt. I've heard Sri Lanka is a lovely country and a great place to see some cricket. Is there anyone you know who can help me get out there to see the cricket and have a fantastic holiday? It sounds like the perfect time to tell you about the experienced travel group then. They're a London-based company with a team in Sri Lanka who put together private tours which include a fantastic cricket package with great seats, lunches, top boutique hotels and after-match drinks to meet fellow enthusiasts. Okay, I love my cricket but my partner also wants this to be a holiday. Can they make that happen? As Sri Lanka specialists, this is where the experienced travel group come into their own. They will put together a tour that helps you to properly discover the country. They cater for people who want to watch England play cricket abroad and also enjoy a fun, immersive and luxurious holiday in Sri Lanka. Are they really as good as they sound? Well, if I didn't think so, I wouldn't be mentioning them now, would I? This March will be the third trip they've done. Last year, they successfully hosted over 150 cricket and travel fans. 100% of which said they would use the experienced travel group again. It sounds great. How do I book? All you have to do is call 0207-924-7133 or visit experiencedtravelgroup.com. Are you a morning or a night person? Probably in the middle, to be honest. If it just is, I'm tired, I get a little bit grumpy. They do call me grumpy down at North Ants when I'm in the morning. Just when I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm grumpy, that's it. So it doesn't matter what time of day it is. <laughs> what celebrity annoys you the most? Pierce Morgan's got to be up there. I think. Great he's kind of both He annoys me, but sometimes it, I agree with him, so he's kind of... I, I always feel almost like I've betrayed myself if I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. That's what it's like. You're like, mm, yeah. I, I tell you what annoys me most, I'm going to get on, on my high horse with Pierce Morgan, but what annoys me the most with Pierce Morgan is when you're watching a... A really good cricket documentary on Sky or something. It's an hour-long thing. You've got Rooty on there. You've got all the ex-players and stuff talking about whatever they think about cricket. And Piers Morgan pops up with his, his comments. And you're thinking, what have you got to do with cricket? Just because yeah. you played golf with Kevin Peterson. Yeah, I think it's a um, publicity stunt, isn't it? Really. I think they get him on there. They get him retweeting. And all of a sudden, there's the millions of followers that he's got all kind of have watched it or just have a little watch of the clip. So it's got to be got to be that sort of reason why they get him on there shortly on a scale of one to ten with ten being the funds how cool are you probably got seven i got there you quite fancy yourself then yeah that's quite a high number because most people play themselves down a bit some days some days it'll be yeah, <laughs> i was gonna go a bit lower but <laughs> have, have belief in yourself mate you gotta, you gotta have belief in yourself nobody else will <laughs> if you had access to a time machine where and when would you go I'd probably go in the future, just to see what the future's like. I'm definitely go, I'd definitely go forward rather than, than back, I think, just to see what everything is like to cricket, if cricket is still around back in 200, 300 years kind of thing. That would be my biggest interest. See if I could, like, say, oh, back in my day, we used to roll thunderbolts out. We only had a little helmet on. We didn't have a full body suit on. It'd be nice just to say that, just like the old boy, <laughs> just like the old boy said to us now. <laughs> do, do you reckon in 
20 years time North Hamps will be around I mean I, I don't know if you were aware but I set up a group called the Oppose the 100 and I've been kind of like campaigning a little, a little bit about trying to preserve the 18 counties and keeping domestic cricket going because it's important it's important to me anyway North Hamps is always seen yeah North Hamps Leicestershire Derbyshire whatever is always seen yeah, the yeah. kind of the small counties aren't they that maybe you know some people might argue they're surplus if you're going to take it down to 12 then North Hamps is not needed do you think yeah, in 10, yeah. 15 years' time, Northampton will still be around as it is now? Um, I think the clubs that are in financial difficulty probably will get left behind, really, due to it's an easy way out, I think, for them to cut wait, cut cuts costs of the ECB, sending money to those, and bailing them out all the time. And, and it's an easy way to get rid of them, really, saying, well, you're in debt, we can't sustain this, why do we have to keep bailing you out, kind of thing. So I think they'll use that as, a, as an excuse, probably, to try and probably phase some teams out. Like the way Northampton have gone about is try to make themselves sustainable for by themselves really so they don't need the ECB money if they were to suddenly pull that money which I think they've come a long way over the last few years in doing really so I think that's the view of our chairman when he spoke yeah. about it is he probably thinks there won't be this, that many counties about and they want to make sure that Northampton if ECB are looking to cut counties Northampton are paying their own way so they'll keep them in so I think that's the way our chairman and chief exec have looked at it so they obviously believe that it might get cut down to who knows I, I always think the 18 counties they all have a part to play in English cricket they all kind of spread the game geographically they've all produced test match players for England they've all won trophies to you know at various levels and to various de- degrees so they've all played a part in the fabric of cricket as we know it and you, I mean you, you're quite a good person to ask really because you played for Yorkshire which is seen as a test match ground it's a, a big county probably bigger expectation if we're honest than at Northampton and you've played for Northampton, which you've seen as a, a smaller county, but you'll have met the supporters of both. You'll have, you've obviously played for both. You'll have been to functions at both. I imagine at Northampton, people still have a big desire to see Northampton cricket do well. The supporters are passionate, and they, they want to see it continue. Oh, yeah, that's, and the, the, the big question at the supporters club lunch was about the, the 100 and like, what do I feel about it, and the majority in that room of about uh, probably 100, 150 people or something like that were all probably against the 100 really they wanted to see county cricket as it is now or as it was sort of last season and what have you and be seen like that for obviously a few more years and for it to be run so I think it's, it is the same sort of views wherever you go in county cricket the, the members of the cricket clubs if you like the people that go day in day out are the ones that don't really want the 100 or don't want this other comp because it's taken away from every ground, really. Isn't it? It's taken away the 50-over comp. So. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Cause do you think your views as a player would be different, different if you'd been snapped up and got a big contract in the 100? Uh, probably would have. Like, I would, my big views on it was mainly the sort of setup of it. So like, I didn't think they were telling us the truth from ball one about like, why they were going into a, a shorter sort of comp, so 100 balls rather than 2020 game. Like why would you do? Why would you change that when it's working around the world so successfully? So that was my big thing. And they were saying, "Oh, it's new. It's bringing a new audience," in, which I think is a lot of rubbish. Really, I think they've just done it for the money. But it's something that drives everybody money in it. So it would have been nice to get picked up and earn a bit more cash. You can't, you can't turn that sort of money down. But it's just the way it was done was kind of a bit sort of instead of just coming out and saying, "Look, this money is going to sustain cricket for years to come." That's why we're doing it, and that's the time slot that we had to fit it in. So we had to go down to 100 balls. I don't think many people could have really argued with that. But this new audience and stuff out there, people would have come and watched it if they wanted with T20. Like most, most counties probably fill out. Yeah. Like I know Northants North fill out most, most T20 home games. 
that have played that aren't like weather affected, they'll fill them out. So I know Leicester do quite well in terms of numbers for their 2020. I think they just look at some of the big grounds on a Wednesday night probably don't get filled, but they're still getting 10,000, aren't they? At Headingley and stuff on a Wednesday Absolutely. night. Absolutely. One of the things they said, um, the thing that annoys me most, well, one of the things that annoys me is about, I could list about 200 things that annoys me about it, but the fact that it's simplifying cricket, it's going to make cricket simple for the masses so that everybody can understand it. And I'm thinking, well, how is the 100 where people are bowling different length overs and there's timeouts and it's all, it feels actually more confusing to me than existing T20 <laughs> matches where you know, a lot of people understand that quite easily. Yeah, well, we've not actually seen the rules yet. Well, I've not anyway. I don't actually know what. Like we were discussing about this, so you can bowl an over is five balls, isn't it? So you can yeah. bowl two overs on a, on on the bounce, the same ball, you can bowl ten ten balls if you like in a row. And then I was like, so what happens then the next other end? Because then they have to swap ends. Does he have to bowl ten balls or two overs? Do you bowl two overs from that end, or do you swap back after five balls? And then you're taking into account you could bowl fifteen overs from one end and five from the other, or something like that, whether it's like wind assisted. So it's just imagine, Sam, though, if it was that, that day at Headingley and Adam Lyons was doing what he was doing and you had to bowl ten balls at him in and over. Yeah, I think he'd have been running off after five. I definitely wouldn't have been bowling <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's all it's very confusing. Like, so we chatting it with about four bowlers down at Northampton all talking about it and we couldn't get his head around it. I think we were just confusing each other with what we were saying and what have you. So it would be interesting. Well, you, you're obviously... Absolutely big thick because it's simplifying cricket. It's simple. You should be able to understand <laughs> it. So consider yourself held up. <laughs> Never know. You might watch the first game and go, oh, actually quite simple, but it's not, it's not coming to me at the minute. <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, definitely the Caribbean, I think. I'd be up there. After we chatted earlier about Barbados, I thought a chilled place that is. It'd be awesome there, living on a nice little beach house. Yeah. Just walking onto the beach every day. Well, I'm keeping your phone number. And as soon as you get it, I'm coming out to stay. If you could change, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Oh, I'd probably like to be a bit taller, if I could. Just a little bit more bounce. Yeah, I've always said that. I'd love to be. So we've got this blessing, Muzrabina, um, at North Ants now, who's something like six foot eight or something like that. Like, huge book. I always say I'd love to be your height, but manage to keep my own physique and sort of bowling action. That would be ideal, bowling. So sort of what I do at his heart, I'll be able to pull half volleys and hit him in the face, I think, <laughs> which is pretty much what he does. What will you be doing in 10 years' time? I keep bowling 700 overs a season. I probably won't be walking. I'll be in a wheelchair somewhere. I've known you think you're a little sprocking. You're 31. <laughs> so, what, what, so 10 years' time make, makes, you, makes you 41, doesn't it? So are you going mm. into coaching or are you going to go out of cricket altogether? No, I'd like to go into coaching. I enjoy it. I'm, like I said, I'm doing a bit now with the uh, North Ants Academy starting to feel my way through it and pick up on things on coaching-wise. So that would be, that'd be my first route I would like to take. That would be very nice. Well, you never know, I might still be doing a Darren Stevens and taking 50 wickets a, a season, still at 42 or 41, whatever it is. He was on the podcast three or four weeks ago, Darren Stevens, and I asked him what his secret was, whether he'd got a potion or something that just kept him young, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell me. He's keeping that up his sleeve. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's his retirement plan. He's going to sell that. I don't think anybody expected him to do what he did in, in Div 1 that he has. I think that's that Div 1, Div 2 chat's not as, as bad as people think, but he's certainly a skillful bowler. It's not very really nice when you walk out to bat against him and you're standing there and the slips are probably a metre away from you and you're thinking, wow, that's close. It's like a ring field when the spinner's on sometimes at Kent when it's a bit low and slow. I asked him that question about do you, do you ever feel, because 
when, when people are talking about the standard of county cricket and they, they say all oh, the dibbly dobblies, they always refer to Darren Stevens. And I said, do you, do you feel offended by that? And he basically said, well, I'll, I'll point people towards that my last season in Division One, and then you know I've taken wickets against the, the best teams, and but you can't really you can't really level up with me. I think I've proved people wrong. They're for the best players out, don't they? So, yeah, yeah, still getting the best players out, so it's not. Yeah, it's, you can't argue with that, can you? Can't argue with that. Ben Sanderson, we got to question number twenty. If you've been picking these questions, Sunday, and you've been asking yourself these questions, what would you have asked yourself to get a great answer? Something different that I've not asked you. What would you have asked yourself to get a really good answer? Oh, well, I'm actually following you back to this one. A bit of a thinking time. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any confessions to make? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> not that I know of. I went to a, I was godfather at Cobby's christening um, for his lad last week, last Sunday or the Sunday before, and I didn't burst into flames, so I think I've been quite good there when I walked into church. So. <laughs> I even took some holy water so that, and it didn't burn, so that's always a good sign. <laughs> um, oh, you've, you've stumped me there, James. Genuinely got nothing. They're probably one that would surprise. Well, it won't surprise people if the Astors wear North Hats to probably finish in Div One this season. Right, my answer might surprise a few people. I think. Do you think it's going to be okay? Do you think you're going to be doing I okay? Think, I think if we can keep key members fit throughout, we've just strengthened the bowling signing of um, Brandon Glover from Holland. I think he plays for Holland and South African. I think it was another good signing. Just strengthens that bowling depth a little bit more. I think if we keep key members fit then I think we'll surprise quite a lot of teams this, this year. We'll certainly be underdogs, but I think we'll be, we'll be up there to keep people fit. It's got quite a lot of games early on in the season, isn't it? It's important to get a good start, isn't it, and get some points on the board. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. We're, we're a strange team, because we, if we get on a roll, we seem to know how to win games then, and that seems to be when we play our best sort of four-day cricket. So if we can get that sort of win early. I quite like the fact of going to Warwickshire first game, because I think that might suit our, suit our bowlers more early season up there so that could be a good start for us you'll be up against your old mate though won't you OHD OHD mm. yeah. yeah they've got some is bowlers it, is it quite um, when you go around the counties and stuff and you see some of your ex um, Yorkies and you see some of your ex teammates playing for other counties is that quite nice to just have a catch up yeah yeah. We'll, like, we'll, I'll sit and have a brew with a little bit of lunch and slap Ollie on the head and stuff so we'll still, <laughs> still have a good chat and what have you yeah it's good it's good to see him good to see him doing well as well yeah yeah well, Sando, it's been it's been really good to catch up with you. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week, and no good luck with Northampton Division One. Good luck with your T20s. Get that uh, high score of twelve not out up a little bit, and by the time we talk to you again next time, and enjoy, enjoy your summer ahead. Enjoy the Cayman yeah, Islands nice as well. One. Yeah, that'd be nice. That. Looking forward to that one. Bit of a tad, a nice tan on. Been a pleasure, James. Thank you. It's that Badger style. Hi, my name is Brian Lara and you're listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Thanks to Ben for joining me on the podcast this week. I'm sure you'll agree that was a really interesting chat with Sando. Before we leave you, a little bit of a bonus. We get a chat with Nick Clark from the Experience Travel Group. What can the Experience Travel Group give you in Sri Lanka if you want to go and watch England playing against the Lankans in March? It's that Badger style. It's a pleasure now on the Cricket Badger podcast to welcome Nick Clark from the Experience Travel Group. Nick, first of all, thank you very much for your support of the podcast throughout the month of January. Some exciting times ahead for you. Yeah, well, well, thank you, thank you for having me ha- having me on. Yeah, it's very very exciting planning the uh, planning the trip um, to to Sri Lanka in, in in March, which is always a, a, a fun 
fun time um, for for us as a as a company, but also sort of personally, been been lucky enough to, to be out there for the last sort of three series. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a great place to go and watch cricket. Well, I've been lucky enough to go to a, a number of different countries to watch cricket. I've never been to Sri Lanka. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But the, um, <laughs> what, what's the experience of watching cricket in Sri Lanka? Is, is it any different to anywhere else? Is it, is it a good place to watch cricket? Yes, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing place to watch cricket, really. The, probably the most famous and, and, and sort of best place to watch it is, is Gaul, with the, you know, with the Gaul Fort kind of behind you and the Indian Ocean kind of, kind of all around. Um, just such an atmospheric place to, to watch. But the key thing with Sri Lanka is the, is the enthusiasm and really of the of the locals um, and the excitement that they have um, about cricket and, and actually particularly about um, about England um, and 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 the Barmy Army. Um, they kind of remember when when sort of Sri Lanka during the Civil War period when it was kind of really kind of off limits. You know the tuk tuk drivers all tell stories about how the Barmy Army you know still sort of came out there and and were you know really generous and happy and 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 sort of great fun in their in their eyes and that kind of enthusiasm both both with the with the cricket and the noise and the colour of, of kind of supporting Sri Lanka but also the um, their kind of love of, of cricket makes it makes it a great place to to watch. And watching cricket, watching England cricket away from home is different to turning up at Headingley or Trembridge or something to watch it in, in England, isn't it? Where yes, there's a little bit of camaraderie that is involved in, in touring with watching England. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, it, I mean, there are probably more English people in the grounds than there are Sri Lankans often. You know, it's it's somewhat kind of more laid back than than going in England. It's you know, uh, there's 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 quite a lot of kind of banter that goes around. Much more kind of noise and sort of you know singing both both from the Barmy Army, but obviously also the you know the drums and the the instruments that the uh, Sri Lankans bring. And 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 yeah, there, there is a there is a great atmosphere around, and and not just in in the. Uh, in in the ground so you know places like Gaul in in particular you know there's there's lots of people staying staying around and and um you know lots of lovely restaurants and you know going to the beach afterwards and it it, it just turns it into a real kind of kind of event i'm watching the the screen in front of me at the moment as uh, england prepared to play in johannesburg and there's the flags around with lots of english supporters there's a lot of travel groups obviously that take uh, people out to the various destinations what what is it about the experienced travel group that would make you the preferred company to use as a, as a punter? Well, I think it's the ability to, to, to kind of combine the cricket with other stuff. One of the great things about watching Sri Lanka, cricket in Sri Lanka is, is Sri Lanka. So it's what you do kind of around the cricket, and that might just be kind of on in the evenings or around the test match, but it's also, you know, the ability to combine it with a safari, with a, with the kind of the cultural aspects of it, the tea plantations, um, and that's where we really kind of come in. So, you know, we, we specialise in, in holidays to Sri Lanka. We have a great history there. You know, I've spent a lot of time there myself personally, um, and so what we can do is design a holiday around the cricket. So it's it's not just the cricket; it's it's a holiday in it in itself. And whether that's you know we get quite a lot of people that would do kind of a two-week tour of Sri Lanka, taking in the kind of the highlights and the real sights, and then finish with time in in Gaul. And that's at one end. Or you know you might have people that do Gaul and and Colombo as a combination, and then just fit in a couple of days kind of doing something in between, whether that's a safari or visit to the tea plantations. That's a you know that's a really nice way of of kind of doing it. And then we just we looked around the cricket. We looked to, to just add a little bit of value so you know we're, we're, we're kind of the the anti-barmy army in the sense of what we what we kind of provide and so you know little things like we have a we have a, a guy who who kind of goes around and we're you know everyone's sort of sat in the same area but it's, it's it's not a group it's all kind of privately guided but he kind of goes around and makes sure that everyone's got 
you know filled up with beers or has water or, or, or whatever it is that they they may want and that just means that they can stay in the stay in the shade and, and he can kind of just go and do the work for them and then we we arrange a lunch in a in a in a nearby hotel the food in in the in the ground is beyond bad so there you know there really is no options really really kind of crap hot dogs so you know we we arrange this hotel and people can kind of wander out you know have a nice lunch in an air-conditioned area and then kind of come back in for the for the afternoons just little touches like that that bring a the cricket make it easier and and b just bring kind of Sri Lanka to life Bruce says a little bit about me the thing I picked up from that was a a man looking after me bringing me beer all day long that's that's Sounds pretty decent to me. It's nice. I mean, last last time we actually had we had some who's guy. He's a guy called Henry. He's doing doing it again. Uh, we had a army army group kind of um, next to next to where we were. Um, and at one point on the, uh, the on day three, the army army section started singing "We Want a Henry," um, and our guy started singing back "You Won't Have Our Henry." Um, and so yeah, it just it just it built a kind of yeah it built a camaraderie and and uh, you know just a just an, an ease to the to the proceedings. And you know, actually, one other one other thing that we did last year, which was which was fantastic, two years ago now, was that the, the match finished on day four. You know, day five, people are wondering what to do, um, and so we arranged a, 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 a match in a in a local school, sort of half an hour outside of outside of Gaul, local kind of village, and, and arranged a local team, sort of friends of ours and some school kids to to, to kind of play the, the guys on our on our tour. Um, sort of drove out there and had a game, and 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 then had a couple of beers kind of afterwards and and that was a you know fantastic experience needless to say the uh, the Sri Lankans absolutely hammered us and it wasn't a contest at all but it was uh, you know it was really good fun and that that sort of thing is something that we can arrange or or, or do if if that if that's kind of needed when I've been abroad Nick and I've spoken to players and, and people that have been traveling that you know, some people are more than happy aren't they to go from the hotel to the cricket and back again and not not really you, you could be anywhere in the world almost apart from the weather mm. um, but but it is it's almost uh, incumbent upon you to if you go to a country to actually experience that country and, and dip into the culture a little bit and that, that's something experienced travel group can can really help you with yeah absolutely absolutely I, I totally agree and that, uh, somewhere like Sharanka so you know it's it, the culture's all kind of around and the people are so so fantastic and so welcoming that it's it's just a real shame not to do that and even if you know even if you just go to Gaul for a, for a week um, and you know you don't travel around you still you know you still want to kind of you know get a little bit under the skin of the place and, and kind of experience it and, and yeah we can you know we can do that and if you know for example you know that might mean that on one of the afternoons or one of the mornings you might we might say right okay well you know why don't you do a cooking course one one morning and then go to the ground in the afternoon or you know that just that sort of thing that gives you a little bit more kind of fluidity to to to, to make it work for 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 you and uh, yeah and as you say you know experience that country a little bit so you feel like you've been to Sri Lanka and and, and seen it the test matches are in March Nick aren't they and I guess now is the time to book isn't it if you want to get out there yeah, you scroll on a few weeks' time, you'll be sat on your sofa, it'll be raining outside, you'll be watching it on television, wishing you could be there. Now is the time to prevent all that and get onto the experiencetravelgroup.com and make your booking. Absolutely. So we've got we've got a range of fantastic hotels, they're all available, they are they are booking up fast, but we still yeah, have that have that range in, in both Gaul and, and Colombo. It's a brilliant time to go to Sri Lanka. It's it's pretty much the kind of ideal time weather-wise. Yeah, now now is the now is the time to do it before before everything kind of books up. And as you say, it's too late, and you're uh, you're sat at work watching uh, watching the over by over, seeing the uh, seeing the, the scenes in Gaul, and, and wishing you were there.
contact Experience Travel Group, badges out there, and you tell them that the badges sent you, that you've been listening to the Cricket Badger podcast, and the badges sent you along, they'll even arrange, and they'll throw in an extra slap-up dinner for free, courtesy of the Cricket Badger. So, uh, Nick, it's great to have you on. Thank you again for your support of the Cricket Badger podcast through January. And I suppose it, is, it doesn't really take me to tell you, but enjoy your time out in Sri Lanka. Thank you. Thank you, and enjoy your, uh, enjoy your day on the sofa watching the, the Test match today. I intend to. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks a lot, James. It's that Badger style. Thank you to both Nick and to Ben for joining me on the podcast this week. Been a pleasure having them on. Hope you've enjoyed the listen. If you have, tick on subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Tick a like, give us a five-star rating, add a nice comment or two to encourage other people to listen to the Cricket Badger podcast in the future. Your listens are massively appreciated. They're going up week on week as the Cricket Badger podcast continues to go from strength to strength. So thank you very much for your support of that. If you want to get in touch with us at cricket underscore badger on the Twitter feed, cricketbadger at hotmail.com if you want to send an email, suggest a guest for a future show, record a little bit of audio on your phone and send it in and we can always put that onto a future Cricket Badger podcast. But it really is appreciated you listening and stay tuned because there's plenty more great guests coming up in the weeks to come on the Cricket Badger podcast. Until we meet again, Badgers, enjoy your cricket. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.